0: Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in High Fidelity.
1: Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics, hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, excellence killed the church, how mediocrity is destroying America. Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Well, here we
2: are. Here we are. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an awesome thing that as busy as things are, you know, you've got a turkey to thaw, you've got stuffing to make, you've got that uh, cranberry sauce, you've got a Shape into a can. Uh, that's the only kind I like. I'm going to tell you the truth. By the way, this is Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Green, or otherwise known as The Ninja Pastor, at The Ninja Pastor on Twitter, at The Ninja Pastor on. Um, I'm only, oh, by the way, I counted up just so you know, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit into photography, and um, I am only uh, nine, was it? Let me count here. 4,000, almost 4,000 uh, photographs behind that I have not posted on. But there are a bunch there on Instagram at the Ninja Pastor. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm not the best at doing the Instagram thing. I've got to do it. I've got to do it. It's a great, it's a great little thing. But I, uh, I have to be honest with you. I'm, I'm not the best at keeping up with that. But I'll, I'll do better. I promise. Just for you. Because I love you. So uh, this is a special day. We've got some interesting Unique things going on. Uh, it's a it's a busy day. Like I said, you've got your turkey thawing. Unless you buy one of those fancy, expensive turkeys that they're they're never they've never been frozen. Now I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not against that. I'm I'm not against that at all. Uh, I was in the store the other day. I'm not going to say which store, but um, I was in a store the other day and they had a, a giant giant never frozen all natural super. You played, you know, cards with it. It never had any stress type of uh, chick uh, turkey. And I have to tell you, it was it was quite extraordinary. It was it was really something heavy, but uh, it looked it looked more healthy and normal. So the point of all this uh, big, long diatribe is this, is that I know you're busy and I really appreciate you taking the time. I mean, it, it really does mean a lot to me. No doubt about it. I mean, it really, really does. So. Uh, I'm honored to have so many of you join me every week it's um, it is quite honestly uh, one of the greatest honors that I've had in my life is to is to be able to reach out and talk to so many people um, I feel very humbled by it and um, it's just a, just an interesting thing you know I'm just a regular dude uh, trying to do this thing here and I don't know if I'm doing it right or doing it wrong but I'm doing it so <laughs> Um, some of, you know, I was on, uh, Kel Fritzy's, uh, radio show last night and I really enjoyed it. I, I had a good time. She's an excellent host and, and excellent interviewer. And I really, really enjoyed, uh, spending some time with her audience. And, uh, so I hope you'll go over to her page, uh, Kel, K-E-L Fritzy. That's I-A-W on, uh, Blog Talk Radio. Don't do it now. She'll listen to my show. I'll, I'll be offended. My feelings will be hurt. Um IAW uh Kufar Akbar. Um Kel Fritzy. Really, really, really good uh, good person and and has a, a nice show over there and talks about a lot of relevant stuff but does it in a fun way. Uh I must say that uh I am in fact looking forward to Thanksgiving tomorrow. Um y- you know there's a lot of reasons why. There's there are many many reasons and some Sometimes there's a little bit of dread to be to be very completely honest with you. Sometimes there's a little bit of dread in me, n- not in general. I'm saying in me. I've, sometimes there's dread. You know, we all have our stuff. I have my stuff just like anybody else does. And uh, quite frankly, um, you know, I'm a regular dude. I'm I'm telling you, I'm just a regular dude. So, all that said to say this that uh, here we are. You know, here we are. The eve of Thanksgiving. Stores are all packed. People are rushing about. Some people thought they were going to be with people on Thanksgiving, and then that t- turned out not to happen. And then other people thought that they were going to be all by themselves for Thanksgiving, and that turned out not to happen. So, you know, it can go both ways. I mean, it's it's just one of those things that you just never really know how it's going to how it's all going to shake out. You really, you really never know. But it got me to thinking, uh, by the way, uh, chat room is open. this is how stupid I am. They tell me I have uh, about 900,000 listeners during the week. And we put this in an aggregator and it gets sent out in iTunes and all that, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, they tell me that that's the case. I I don't know. I'll I'll believe it when I see it. But um, the funny thing is... I've been doing a lot of thinking. There's there's a lot of people that listen to this show, and th- you guys are from all walks of life. And I also got to thinking, well, I wonder how many, I, I just wonder how many from all these different walks of life celebrate Thanksgiving. And I wonder how many, uh, you know, how do you celebrate it? How do you celebrate it? How, how do you go about celebrating Thanksgiving? Because I guess there's lots of different ways to do it. You know, I remember when I was a police officer and this is funny, it's sad, but funny, sad and funny, funny and sad. Um, when I was a police officer, I arrived at, I had a call and, and I got called there and um, it was a nice house. Really, really nice house. And I, I worked a lot of holidays. To just be, to be very honest with you, I worked a lot of holidays. And as a police officer, and also in the military, and doing different executive protection stuff. Um, and so it was, it was unique to be working on that, on that holiday. But um, I tell you the truth, I, I just, I have to be very honest with you. Uh, I don't, I don't want. I don't want to work on holidays. That's that's not really what I want to do. But to tell you the truth, I don't. Uh, I don't really mind it that much. It's it's really not that bad. Uh, usually it's pretty low key. But this particular holiday, uh, in all fairness, in this particular holiday. Um, I get called to this house and and you can hear screaming and fighting and plates crashing and everything. And I go in, I'm like, Oh, here we go. And I'm all by myself, you know, cause if you're on a skeleton crew. Um, It just, it just is you're by yourself. You don't know what you're walking into. And, you know, look at all these police officers that have just been killed and shot and, and, uh, and you know, all these terrible things that have happened um, to police officers. I'm, you know, I'm sensitive to the thin blue line. And, uh, you know, you just never know. You never know what you're walking into. So you got, you have to remember that, folks. You really have to remember that. Well, let me say, I'll go in here, and, and I'm hearing all this, and yelling and screaming and swearing and whatnot. And uh, these folks are just, it's chaos. But there's a grandpa. You could tell he was a grandpa. He was long in the tooth. And he was sitting at the table, and he wasn't missing a beat. He was eating kind of looking around, by the way, hello to upstate New York, 18 inches of snow, all the canning and harvesting is done, and yeah, that's awesome, it's going to be a wonderful Thanksgiving, that's awesome, thank you, thank you, Greg, I appreciate that, uh, so interestingly enough, um, I'm wondering, I'm looking at this guy going, man, what's up with this guy, he's unfazed, so I figured I'm going to let all the plate thrown and all the screaming and yelling and cursing and swearing, whatever, go on, and uh, I go over to this guy, and I say, Mr. Unit." You know what's going on here? What's going on here? He says, well, the boy over there, he ain't learned much. You see, what he done was, girl, she ain't much of a cook. I know she's my daughter. But then the smoke detector went off, and he made the big mistake of saying, you know how I know the food is done up in here? Dinner's ready? When the smoke detector goes off, and he kind of chuckled and went about eating. So we got everything settled down and, and all that stuff. But it was an interesting, it was an interesting, nobody got hurt, just they were mad. So, and I respect that, they were, they were mad. So our prayers go out to Carson, by the way. Carson is back in the hospital. You all who listen to the show, you know who Carson is, and he is back in the hospital. He's been in the hospital for a few days now, and we are uh, sad to hear that. And we love you, Carson, and we're pulling for you. Also, my friend, Chris Kahalen, he is back in the fight uh, on chemo. Now, Christine is back in the fight uh, on chemo. She's got some decisions to make. There's so many people out there battling. My buddy Eric, you know, fighting a good fight. So many people. And keep praying for Lance, uh, my brother. He's also in a big fight. So we, uh, we're we just we've got lots to pray for, but we have a lot to be thankful for, too. I'll be thankful for. So I thought I'd share this with you before. With a very special guest, Sean Maloney, a Second Amendment expert, uh, founder of the... Um, Really, I think it's one of the best products ever known to man. Second Call Defense. Um, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. It's not going to be a commercial. We're going to tell you what's, what stuff's happening in the world. So Jim Rohn. Uh, Jim Rohn is, uh, quite frankly, he's, he's one of my mentors early on. Uh, I've been to see him speak live when he was alive uh, several times and, and, and just really have been totally blessed by him. He's really changed my life. And so Jim Rohn had this thing he did. A good life contains these six essentials. He was just a little speech he would do, and I thought I would take that and make it mine, um, use it as sort of a foundational, a uh, little bit of a frame, and then put my own life into it. So I thought I'd I'd share that with you before we get to our guest. A good life contains these six essentials. The values that make up the foundation of a life well lived, and no surprise, money isn't one of them. The ultimate expression of life is not a paycheck. The ultimate expression of life is not a Mercedes Benz. The ultimate expression of life is not a million dollars or a bank account or a home. The ultimate expression of a life, good life is living a good life. That's why I called this show today, hashtag Here's what we must ask of ourselves constantly. And I mean, constantly, not just once and then give up on it. What for me would be a good life? And you have to keep going over and over. You go over the list every day in every way. You make the list, you hone the list, you polish the list, you revise the list based on your experiences that you go through Based on the experiences and learning, the lessons that you take into your life. You go over this list. It's a list that includes such important areas as spirituality, economics, health, relationships, and recreation. So So what would constitute a, a good life? I used Jim Rohn's template uh, for my own and I wrote these myself. but I used his the, the headers of the list that he had. I thought they were excellent. Productivity. You're not going to be happy if you don't produce. You're not going to be happy if you don't produce. The game of life is not rest. Yes, we must rest. And I know this very well. I do a pretty good job at whatever I do. But when I have a good night's rest, woo! yes, I can. I can show do what I do a whole lot better, 100% better, maybe even three to four or 500% better when I have a good night's sleep. Everything is better when you got a good night's sleep. Yes, rest is absolutely important, but rest is only, you, you, you want to rest only long enough to gather that strength back, to get back productivity. That productivity, that's, that's, that's what we're here for. We're here to produce. We're here to produce joy and, and pleasure and learning and benefit. This is not a resting place. This is a testing place, Jerry from Pennsylvania reminds me of. We're human beings, and we're meant to rest until we get back to productivity. We rest so that we can provide productivity. We're human beings. We're not meant to lay about. We're not meant to be a layabout. Even after we retire, we're meant to produce. That's what we're all about. What's the reason for the seasons, and the seeds, and the soil, and the sunshine, and the rain, and the miracle of life? It's to see what you can do with it, to try your hand, to see what you can do. Well, number two on the list, number two on the list, it's a good one, good friends, good friends. Friendship is probably the greatest support system in the world, so don't deny yourself the time to develop it. Nothing can match, nothing can match good friends, but you have to work at it. Doesn't come naturally, doesn't come easily for some folks. Some folks have to really work at it. You have to invest in friendships. You have to do some things in order to make friendships work. You have to invest. If you make those investments in friends, it's an extraordinary benefit. I've had some great friends over my 51 years. Some I've had since kindergarten, some since fifth grade. Some since only a few years ago. Some friends you don't, look, some friends, they don't have to have been your friends for a lifetime. Some of the greatest friends you've ever had, you don't have to be friends for a lifetime. You don't. You could have been a friend just a few weeks, and that friend turns out to be one of your best friends you've ever had. One of your best friends you ever had. Maybe it's three years. Maybe it's three and a half years. Maybe it's five years. Maybe you had to go at friendship a long time ago, and then you've since grown up and you say, "Hey, man, let's rekindle this friendship. Let's see what we can do with this thing," and you invest in it. And some you just met at the grocery store. Some you just met, you know, working. Some of the greatest friends. Great friends don't have to have been your friends for a lifetime to be great friends. Some of your best friends in life you have yet to meet. Now look, you won't meet them and recognize them if your heart's not receptive. So you've got to realize that number two in this list of six things to a good life is good friends. You won't know if your heart's not receptive. Now the flip side of that, I'm going to say this very fairly to you all. Some folks are still on your friend list and you know what? Much like garbage, you can't park, much like garbage, much like a garage, you can't park the car you really want and you really need unless you get rid of that rusty clunker in your garage already. Look, you can't put a a better car in there until you get the clunker that's in there out. You got a bunch of friends in your life and they're unhealthy. You got to do some cleaning out. You can't leave it all to accumulate. Friends are like those, you know, they're jewels really in your life. Friends are those wonderful people who know all the femurs and full-on skeletons in your closet. They know all the skeletons in your closet. They know all the bad stuff about you and yet they still like you. In my terms in my world, it goes like this. If you were locked up unjustly on hostile foreign soil, and you needed someone to come risk it all out. They—they're going to they, they're gonna risk everything, including their life, to come help you. That's your real friend. That's a real friend, my friends. Somebody who would come and get you, no matter the cost to them. And look, we've all got casual friends. We've all got casual friends. That if you called them, they'd say, "You say you call them up. You're in a panic, man. You're in a panic, man. I'm in a bad way. I'm over here in this place. It's terrible." It's bad. They've got me tied up to the wall. I just n- snuck a phone call here. One of them fellows left their cell phone in here, and I dialed it and called you. I'm in a bad way, man. you got to come help me, please. And they say, oh, I'd love to help you. Hey, you know what? I'll tell you what. If you get back alive from the armpit of the universe, where you are right now, call me up, and we'll have a party at your house, and we'll eat your food. And we'll leave you the mess. The point I'm making here is you've got to have both real friends and you've got to have casual friends. You, I know some people that say, Hey, look, I don't have many friends. I just have best friends. I, you know, I don't have casual friends. I just have best friends. That's not balanced. It's not balanced. And you know what? You don't start off as best friends all the time. Sometimes a casual friendship grows into something very, very special. It's got to start and build slowly. So this is my point. You've got to have both real friends. And you've got to have casual friends. You'll know the difference. You know the difference when you see and experience real friends. When you're experiencing a real friend versus casual friends. And here's the thing. So do your friends. So do your friends. They know how you view them. They know how they view. They know how you view their friendship. They know whether you think they're a real friend or a casual friend. Well, here's number three. Here's number three. Your culture. Where you live, how you live, the tapestry of your life, the language, the music or lack thereof, the unique ceremonies, the family or cultural or ethnic traditions, the way you and your people dress. All of that is so vitally important that you must keep it alive. The uniqueness of all of us when blended together brings vitality, energy, power, influence and rightness to the world. I always encourage people from other lands. They come here legally to our great United States of America. I always encourage them. If you if you spoke, if your mother tongue is another language, yes, we want you to learn English, but don't forget your language. Teach your children the language of your present land and then of your native land. Teach them your language. Don't let it die. It's so important to value where you are and where you've been, the culture, except. Except for rap music. I have to be honest, but that's not worth savoring. But the culture, except for rap music, very much worth savoring. It's the tapestry of your life. It's what makes it fun. It's what makes it exciting and interesting. Sometimes you don't have to spend a whole bunch of time going on and on and on about your country. But don't forget where you came from. One of my favorite neighbors I've ever had, I lived in an apartment complex and uh, on the fourth floor and I had a neighbor from Mongolia, Batardin. Batardin was a superstar basketball player. He played on the Mongolian national team, went to the Olympics. The man could cook like, I mean, he was just the funnest guy. He had no concept of of how serious Americans are, but whoo, man, oh man, oh man. Did he have fun? Did he enjoy? Oh, there's a, I just looked out my studio window and there is a V formation of geese, a perfect V formation of geese. You want to talk about friends. You want to talk about people working together, things working together. a front goose, man, he's pulling the load and it gets progressively easier as you go back. And then little bit by little bit, they all make their way to the front. We're all going to pull our way. You're my friends. I'm going to get in it. I'm going to get in it to win it. I don't want you to have to do all the work. Culture—it's where you live. It's how you live. It's the tapestry of your life. You have got to remember your culture. It's why I love being with Jews so much, especially observant Jews. When you're when you're with an actual Jew uh, from Israel or someone who who uh, immigrated to Israel, I'm telling you, man, it's it's awesome. They live their culture. Their culture is their life. Well, number four, spirituality, faith, real faith, folks, real faith. Now, I'm Reverend Dr. Sean. So, of course, you know that I'm going to, I'm going to say that, right? You know that that, that's not a big shock for you. Get me some Lady Grey tea. Get in touch with my sensitive side. I got a whole bunch of honey in there. Real faith. Real faith. Not this not this bullcrap faith that, that people run around doing. They, make, they, 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 can, they find a way to look to look. Look, I've driven as much as 45 minutes to an hour to church every Sunday because it was the right church. And I know people right now that are driving up to 40 minutes to go to church because they want to be in the company of those worshiping the same God in the same way. You know, if your faith is weak, you won't do that. If your faith isn't real, you won't do that. You'll say, yeah, I'm going to find me a church. um, I don't know, a couple minutes away, maybe right down the road. I don't even want my car to get warm in the winter, but that's how close I want it to be. Or when you find the right one, you have to get up a little bit early. Man, I'm not saying it's all about church. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that as a demonstration of your faith, your real faith, your spirituality, it helps to form the foundation of the family that builds the nation. That's why the left wants to tear us apart. That's why the left wants to get at our faith, because they know that's the foundation. Listen, I want to encourage you to make sure you study, practice, and teach. Don't be careless about the spiritual part of your nature, because it's what makes us who we are. We're different from dogs, cats, birds, and mice. Let me say this, that after my crash, before my crash, I, I could speak Hebrew and Russian and a little bit of some other languages, but I could read and write and speak Hebrew and Russian. And um, the, my brain injury took, took that non-native tongue from me. I can't, I can't speak it anymore. It's as though I never did. I'm telling you, don't be careless with it. Don't be careless with your studying, your practice, and your teaching. Make sure you're not afraid to share your faith. If your faith is real, if your faith is authentic and worth practicing, it is surely worth sharing. Look, if your contention is, is that your faith your faith is a private confidential matter, then you don't have faith. You have a secret. I'll say that again. If you tell me, look, Dr. Sean, I appreciate that you're out there. You know, you are a reverend, Dr. Sean, the right reverend, the most reverend. Now, I'm as messed up, inflicted as anybody you've ever seen in your life. But I'm telling you this. If you tell me that your faith is a private confidential matter, then you don't really have faith. What you have is a secret. My faith is placed without reservation in the living son Of the only living God, Yeshua Hamashiach, and Adonai Elohim, Jesus the Messiah, and God the Father. Nature and nature's God is my God, and I'm not ashamed of it. Somebody asked me the other day, said, you know what? You take a lot of photographs. You go outside a lot. You're outside a whole lot. How do you do that? Then I had to chuckle a little bit. I said, you know, I love being outside. And they said you know "Mm, gonna be an awesome sunset folks gonna be an awesome sunset folks say yeah yeah i love nature you know mother nature i never say that i never said i never let mother nature come out of my there's 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 one creator of nature capital c nature and nature's god he's my god and i'm not ashamed of it well how about number five here's number five for you i don't know if you've been writing them down i'll summarize them when i'm finished don't miss anything I have friends that taught me not to miss anything, not the game, not the performance, not the movie, not the dance. Just before my father died at 79, I think it was 79 in a day. This January, I don't know how many years it'll be, but but he was 79 in a day when he died. He and I had this conversation two weeks before he died. He was in a hospital bed. Hospice was called in. He was at my house and we were having a little dinner there. My, not my house, my, my parents' home, but we were there. Uh, some of the siblings were there and And we were having dinner. It was two weeks, literally two weeks before he died. Now, on his side of the conversation, just two weeks before his death, he expressed a lot of regret. 79 years of living. A dedicated, loyal, and loving wife, my mom, and five children. I'm the youngest of five kids. And many grandchildren. And in the front of his mind was filled with regret regret for what he did and what he did not do look I want none of this thing called regret when I die I don't want to miss anything if I can help it if I can help it man I don't want to miss it I want to live a good life oh sure I'm going to make mistakes but I want to experience some stuff you know, I'm handicapped now, and, I, and it's harder for me to do stuff than it used to be. I used to never think of stuff. I just do it. You know, boom, I just do it. Hey, I think I might want to do this. I could have just gone out and done it. A lot of times I did do that. But too many times I didn't. I didn't experience things that I should have. I'm here to tell you, I'm here to remind you to go get everything. The book I'm writing now is called go get a life. You've heard people say, why don't you just get a life? Well, the answer to that is you got to go get a life. It doesn't come to you. Go to everything worth seeing. I go out in nature and sometimes I get ate alive by the bugs. Somebody, somebody sent me a message. It's so funny. My good friend Wes. Boy, I love that guy. He's like a brother. He is a brother. And so he gave me some natural stuff, natural spray. And I've had other friends who uh, I'm out there, when they're out there photographing, they gave me some natural spray. You know what I learned about natural spray? The mosquitoes really love natural spray. They love to lick it, they love to eat it, and they love to bite you through it. Don't work worth a darn. But people have said, well, why don't you wear DEET? Well, I have seizures. I have a brain injury now as a result of a crash. By the way, big announcement, the guy who almost killed me and changed my life forever and did kill his alleged friend, um, just was released just a few days ago well hopefully he'll make something good of his life hopefully he won't miss anything from here on out hopefully his life will mean something maybe if we're lucky he's listening i doubt it but maybe he is go see everything that you possibly can buy a ticket to everything worthwhile if you possibly can go see everything and experience all the good stuff that you possibly can you say sean i don't have the money for that neither do i so what do I do? I try to live a vital life. I try to look outside and say, man, there is a sunset. I want to go see it. I want to go photograph it. And then I want to go share it with as many people as I can. Ooh, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to go. And I'm going to get among some great like-minded people. And I'm going to go out there and I'm going to photograph sunrise. Oh, there's a pretty flower. Oh, look at that bird. Oh, look at that eagle. I want to photograph it, and I want to share it with everybody. So I don't have really any money to do any of this fancy living, but I do this. I do archery. I do the things that I love to do that I still can do. Don't miss a thing. Live a vital life. Listen, I'm going to tell you this. If you're still in the earning phase of your life, if you live well, you will earn well. If you live well, it'll show on your face. It will absolutely show in the texture of your voice. If you live well, people will know it. They have no choice. They won't be able to miss it. There'll be something unique and magical about you if you live well. And I'll tell you this, that something unique and magical will make good people want to be around you. They'll want to be your friend. I'll tell you this, it will infuse not only your personal life, but also your business and professional life with vitality and joy. It'll give you a vitality that nothing else but God himself can give. So don't miss anything. Amen. Your family in the inner circle. This is a tough one. Some folks have a rough family. I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes it's tough. Family's tough. In counseling people, when I have my counseling practice, I I would talk to people and they tell me about their, by the way, welcome to all you folks in in chat. Thank you so much. It's just a vibrant thing over there. If you're at a home, if you're at a home computer, that's what you, uh, that's what you want to do. You want to you want to jump into chat. It's a lot of fun. My friends, family's tough. Family's tough. Sometimes it's toxic. Sometimes your own family Your own family. Sometimes that's the hardest bunch to be with. You know it's true. You know it's true. You know know this. and it's tough. Some of you have uh, alcoholic mother and father. Some of you, some of you have violent siblings. Some of you have such heartbreak in your life. It's all centered around your family. And I'll tell you something. That's hard. And I'm sorry. I am genuinely and sincerely sorry that you have to go through that. Pay attention to your people, your inner circle. Sometimes your friends. I mentioned my buddy. um, I mentioned my buddy, Wes, like a brother. I get a sniffle, man. He's got some kind of, Natural remedies, he's, he's hooking the brother up. And I have friends like Jerry. Jerry will jump on it, man. He'll, hey, you need this? All I have do, sometimes I'll I'll be talking to somebody else. He'll hear I need something. Boom, it's right there. My buddy, uh, Philly Bob, you know, he, he heard that I wasn't secure holding on to the handrails at my house, kept falling down the steps. What's he do? Brings his family down. They spend the day tightening down the, uh, redoing my whole rail system. that's um sometimes your family your friends become your family they become your inner circle they become your squad you invest in them and they'll invest in you your inner circle inspire them and they'll inspire you take care of the details with the inner circle pay attention to your people pay attention to who and what they are because your family is your family and you're theirs we're going to have our, our great guest, Sean Maloney, on, uh, here just a couple of minutes. We'll finish this up just in just a couple more minutes. here. When my father was still alive, I used to call him when I traveled. And most of the time, he he could never know where I really was. And he could certainly never know where I, what I was really doing. My family has no idea what I did. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's just, that's for the best. You go to executiveprotectionteam.com, you'll understand why. But my dad, my dad really wasn't much of a talker. And you know what? When he, when he did talk, he, he generally was worth listening to. He was a really smart guy. But I learned some from my father. And I, and I learned from my mother. But, but, but more so from my mother because she chose to invest in me. My mom, she chose to invest in me. I can still hear many of the conversations I had with my mother and my father but my mother's conversations elevated me to another level. You know, what? I thought of this as a very important thing for my life, and I think it's for you, Avraham Heschel, great philosopher, great Jewish philosopher, he said something sacred hangs in the balance of every moment. I remember in my crash, I was trapped in the car, I couldn't move, Uh, the firemen weren't there yet to cut me out, it took them almost 40 minutes to cut me out, Uh, apparently according to the firemen, uh, two firemen had checked me, and I was, no, no vital signs at all. They thought I was dead. But for whatever reason, I awakened. And the first thing that came to my mind was something sacred hangs in the balance of every moment. Don't over- overlook anything. If a lucky father walks out of the house and he can still feel his children and his, and his loved wife's kiss on his face all day, He's a powerful man. He can do anything. He can conquer anything. There's no lion out there that he can't conquer if his love wife and his kids love him and and they kiss him on the face before he leaves the house in the morning, go conquer the world. He's a powerful man. He can do it. If a lucky husband walks out of the house and he can still feel the imprint of his love wife's arms around his body, he's an invincible superhero all day long. It's the special stuff it's the special stuff with your inner circle. And sometimes that special stuff is simple stuff. It's not expensive. It's not expensive. It's simple. And sometimes it's that that makes, it's it's that inner circle. That's that special stuff with the inner circle that makes you strong, and powerful, and influential. So don't miss that opportunity. Don't miss the opportunity to grow that, to strengthen it. The greatest prophet and teacher of all time, Yeshua Hamashiach, said, there are many virtues and values, but here's the greatest. One person caring for another, there's no greater value than love. So make sure in your busy day, make sure you remember the true purpose and reasons for what you do, what you do. Look, If you do these things, you'll truly live the kind of life that will bring fruit and rewards that you desire. This Thanksgiving, how about you take a few minutes to think on these six things? You never know. The turkey or tofu just might taste a whole lot better. I don't think tofu will ever taste good, but whatever. Here's a note to those folks who might spend Thanksgiving evening alone. I love you. And I'm sorry that you are going to be alone on Thanksgiving evening. But I want to remind you of something. God never leaves you nor forsakes you. And maybe if you're alone this Thanksgiving night, maybe take the time to make your own list that I just shared with you. And maybe if you do that, maybe that'll help next year's Thanksgiving be very different for you. Those are my six things. I don't know what yours are, but I pray that you'll think on it. Folks, we're so honored right now to have Sean Maloney on the line. He's an attorney. He's a second, uh, second, second amendment expert. Uh, we are we are so blessed to have him as a resource. I, in full disclosure, I am an affiliate. Now they don't uh, they don't pay me for advertising. This is not going to be an advertising interview. Um, but I do. I think I get a few pennies. Anybody that signs up under the Ninja Pastor, if you go to Uh, www.theninjapastor.com or drshawngreener.com and on that banner at the bottom, you click on that. Um, I, I don't know. I don't even know how much it is. It's something, it's a few cents per quarter. It's not a huge amount, but the bottom line is, is I'll never be without it. So this is the guy, Sean Maloney. Hey, Sean, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Hey, listen, man, thank you for founding this company. I really appreciate it. It's really filled a huge gap and a huge need. And there's a whole lot of folks out there that uh, are sleeping a little, little more secure tonight, Little, feeling a little bit better tonight because of the product that, that you and your buddies came up with. And, and uh, it's just interesting. You know, I, I love entrepreneurial thinking. I really, really do. One of the reasons why I'm, I really like uh, President-elect Trump is, uh, to tell you the truth, I, I think it's time for an entrepreneur. So... So that brings me to ask you, what's going on in the world of of, uh, gun rights? What's going on in the world of of the Second Amendment? You know, we're always, it seems like we are always under attack, doesn't it? It Like we're always under attack. No,
0: doctor, we're always under attack. Uh, I'm politically involved in whatever it takes to get the people that are right-thinking, my thinking. Uh, I judge a candidate by their view on my right to keep and bear arms for self-defense. And that's the first question I asked, and, and I made thousands of phone calls, knocked on a lot of doors for, uh, for Donald Trump because I truly believe that we needed him, that he's the right person at this time in history. And our Second Amendment rights and our, our rights to keep and bear arms are always under attack. And, you know, the, the left of the progressives will say, well, Obama never took your guns. But you know what, folks? Every time they add another layer of paperwork, every time they give us a magazine restriction, every time they create an, another, uh, you know, no-gun zone, that's gun control, and we can never forget that because every morning they get out of bed and they're trying to figure out a way to take away our, our, our God-given right to self-defense. And I don't know what it is that scares them so much about us having the individual control of the safety and protection of our family and our lives, but it is definitely something that will not go away. And just because uh, we have control, I say we loosely have control of both houses of Congress, and we're going to have the executive branch. And, uh, and then very shortly, I'm hoping we're going to have the Supreme Court that we truly all deserve. Uh, it's not over. They won't stop. You have the Bloombergs of the world. You have George Soros of the world. And they found a new way to do it. They put ballot initiatives on and uh, the universal background check initiative in Nevada passed narrowly, but it passed. But when, when Bloomberg and Soros and all his people dump millions and millions of dollars into a campaign uh, against us, we, we have a hard time. So uh, we can never give up and we can never stop moving and looking forward.
2: Awesome. What do you think some of the, uh, some of the biggest challenges we have? What do you think they are right well, now? I mean, we're in a transition time and I think a lot can happen in between now and January.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think as a lame duck, uh, probably one of Obama's biggest failures as far as his, his, his folks are concerned is his inability to, to, to enact any wide-sweeping uh, firearms laws changes. And I can tell you, though, dealing with a, the ATF on a regular basis, that they got a memo from somewhere that said, turn everybody down. I've never seen so many denials. I've never seen so many appeals that I have filed that clearly on their face, these people are not under a disability. but if there's anything on their record, uh, I had a, a call this morning. He had a charge of domestic violence 10 years ago. He was never convicted of anything, but they saw the charge and an item. And so that, that's something that's kind of common that happens. And then you never know what Obama will try to do with his pen and executive orders. Of course, those can be changed in short order, but still, you never know what they're going to do. As, as a lame duck president uh, and, and his, his hatred for our, for our civil rights go... Anything can still happen.
2: Well, you know, and a lot of people can be harmed very severely in the presence of um, really unjust law, unconstitutional law. So it it only, it only could take, uh, gosh, I don't even know. I don't even know what the length of time, it, it, just such a brief period of time for a law or, or some kind of order or executive uh-huh. uh, order before long. Somebody's hurt bad by it. Somebody, somebody's life has changed. And, you know, we can say we can go, you know, you know, in short order, we can, once Trump gets in and we get our people in there, we can undo the damage. But there's a lot of people dead because of Obamacare. There's a lot of people dead because they couldn't carry their gun. Um, I know of several cases where people didn't carry their gun because they said, I'm not allowed here. And they got killed.
0: You're absolutely right. And that's what we can never forget is it only takes a second. And when the gentleman can't purchase a firearm, can't even touch a firearm because the the, the ATF has decided that uh, a, a proper record view, review isn't warranted until he does a NICS appeal. But this is a dirty secret right now with, with NICS appeals, folks. You appeal today, you're looking at a year before it's even considered. That's how backed up they are. Now, if you're running a company and you're that far behind, well, you dump some more money in and, and you hire some more employees. But the atf doesn't under under the executive orders i'm sure that they're getting because you know the slower the better maybe someone will get sick and tired of waiting and maybe they they'll just feel that they they can't purchase a firearm when in fact they can so doctor you're you're entirely right um it, it doesn't have to be long lasting someone's life could be changed and someone can die I got a phone call from second call defense clients last night at 1 a.m uh someone broke into their bedroom at 1 a.m uh the client was armed he screamed repeatedly, stay out, climbed through the window, screamed again, stay out, get away, I have a gun. The gentleman kept coming forward, and so he, he just charged his firearm and shot the man twice in the neck, and he's still alive, actually. Uh, got out of surgery and he's alive, but he, that's still under investigation. It's being investigated by the police department. Clearly, in my view, and, and everybody who heard all the facts, it was a clean shoot. The husband and wife are sleeping, and he breaks in and doesn't, uh, doesn't obey the commands of the owner of the home. And so he did what he did, had to do to protect themselves. But I always point out to people, every time there's an incident, if, if it's a brandishing uh, or if it's the ultimate test when you have to actually uh, uh, press the trigger and shoot somebody in self-defense, there's always an investigation. There's always going to have a set of eyes looking at it, and you never know what the prosecutor is going to think and what the police officer are going to think. So you always have to be prepared.
2: You know, it, that's a scary thing. What you just said just then, um, I talk to a lot of people. And of course, obviously, I'm a very pro Second Amendment guy. And, and, you know, with my background and all of that, I, I have a lot of friends who are, they're gun people. They're just gun people. That's, uh, you know, I've carried a gun professionally since uh, 1983. And so in, in one form or another. And so, you know, I a lot of the people that I that I bump into, they are gun people. They're just they they're like me they they a gun is something that is part of your it's just what you do you 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 carry a gun it it is your lifestyle you don't go around threatening to shoot people you don't brandish your gun you don't scare people with it you're not threatening people with it you're not you know you, you're not trying to get in a fight in fact it's the exact opposite you know how hard it is to get your gun permit and and how difficult it is to keep it so you 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 learn are low key you do things the right way. Well, uh, a lot of people I'm talking to they tell me the same thing and they say, look, you know, here's the scary part. You said something I really like what you said uh, about the <laughs> people say uh, on the left they say, see, we heard all this talk about how Barack Obama was going to take guns and guess what he didn't take anybody's guns. Well, yeah, he kind of did because through Operation Choke Point. He took people's guns. You know, he choked out uh, lots of people. Uh, they they needed loans for their gun shop. Maybe maybe they already had a gun shop and they said, hey, you know, I want to switch. I know a guy personally, a husband and wife that, that had a, a great shop in, in uh, Greenville, Tennessee. And, you know, they needed to, they had plenty of equity and they couldn't get a loan. I remember when I was trying to get a loan for executive protection team. Uh, you know, we, we had enormous contracts right in front of us. Now they were dangerous. I mean, it was, it was all over the world and, you know, they don't hire people like me to do birthday parties, you know, although I am fun at birthday parties. Uh, The the fact of the matter is, 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 you know, we needed money for a successful business. And, uh, you know, we, we, we had the, a perfect, uh, my buddy, Jerry, you know, wrote the, uh, wrote the business plan and, We're all sitting ready to go. We have people talking to us, the banks sitting down with us. We actually had a meeting and then they read through and they said, Oh wait, you guys carry guns. Some of this money will be used to purchase guns or ammunition or, and you guys are going to use guns. And, and I thought to myself, did you not read this? You know, did you not read this before you call in this big meeting? You're going to give us this check. And now all of a sudden you realize, well, this is guns. No, we can't do that. Well, that's what they did. That's what they did to a lot of people and a lot of people, uh, for whatever reason uh, we were, were shut out i'm sure i'm actually i'll tell you what i'm sure you know more stories like that than i do about people you said just a second ago about somebody got declined i i'm 100% disabled the the toughest insurance company in the in the disability business rated me as easily and quickly first time around permanent 100% disability and i know that i could go and i could get disability through SSDI. I know I paid into it. Lots of people say, why don't you do it? You'll get medical care, all of these things. And I don't do it because I know that if I go, the likelihood is under this administration, I will lose all of the different gun permits that I have all around the country.
0: You know, doctor, you're so right. And and that's why I point that out to people. Uh, and, you know, we'll probably never be able to prove it. Uh, you look at Fast and Furious. You know, I'm, I'm hopeful that They don't let that go. They don't let those deaths and the continuing murders being used by these firearms. You know that was just purely and simply a continuing criminal enterprise under Rico. Our government, you know, was was selling guns to people they knew were going to do bad things with them. And the Mm -hmm. law-abiding citizen who goes to purchase a firearm, and for whatever reason, uh, they're they're declined and and they're denied, and so they go through a Nix appeal, and all of a sudden it takes you a year to even get to the appeal point and that that process well you know that's gun control he 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 was signs an executive order uh adding paperwork restricting who can actually carry firearms uh obamacare and the questions they asked with firearms and what are you doing and the harassment that i've seen from children's services and people that are caring for kids because they have a firearm uh it, it all goes hand in hand with operation choke point i've seen Uh, I get phone calls constantly from banks now that are deciding, you know what, although we've had a 30-year relationship, you're not getting any of our our money anymore because we don't like your business. And so you're right, and that's what we have to remember. Yes, he is restricting our rights. Yes, people have died. You know, the more and more gun-free zones that go up, the more and more people that are being harmed. You know what's interesting? Every every uh campaign season especially presidential you talk about the war on women well you know what the real war on women is it, when our government can tell a woman when if and how she can protect herself that's the real war on women and i'm, I'm so happy that uh from the from the the standpoint that we have a chance now and i i truly mm-hmm. don't believe we would have had a chance under another clinton administration
2: i agree 100 percent with you um i will i will confess to you that much of my time was, um, boy, I'll tell you, it was spent fighting. Originally, my guy was Ted Cruz. Uh, I, I really wanted him, but I realized that wasn't going to happen. So you, you know, you go, you, you run what you brung and uh, an old racing term. And so you, our guy is Trump. And the more I started looking into Trump, I have to tell you, I, I, I'm thinking, wait a second now, You're telling me that this guy is so pro second amendment. Both of his kids, both of his boys are avid. Well, two of his three boys are avid hunters, serious hunters. They all, every person in his family, every sibling in his family, every, you know, every child in his family has, with the exception of Barron, has their permit, their, their concealed, you know, how hard it is to get a concealed carry permit in New York city, my land
1: city.
2: I don't care how much money you have. It's extremely difficult. And uh, the fact of the matter is, is they're gun enthusiasts and they're hunters and uh, they, they, really, uh, they really are into the Second Amendment lifestyle. And so is Donald Trump. Donald Trump said, hey, man, this is, this is one of our founding tenets. And they put it second for a reason. And so I, I find it very, very interesting uh, that Hillary Clinton hates guns and that whole crowd hates guns. Uh, they just absolutely despise guns. And and I'm with you. I don't understand why. I've never seen anything in, in uh, I don't know, I don't, you know, how long, what, what age I was when I was aware, but there were guns in my house my whole life. I think I became aware maybe around age two of guns above the doors. And we lived out in the country. We didn't have locks on our doors or our cars. We didn't need them. But the fact of the matter is if somebody uh, wandered up our long driveway and they, uh, and they, and they had bad, uh, or ill will for us, they weren't going to make it out of there alive. If the dogs didn't get them, we would. And so we hunted and we did all these things, but we knew that a gun is serious business, uh, that you don't play with it. You don't joke around with it. It's serious and you treat it the way it is supposed to be, have been treated with respect. And, uh, and I have to say, I have to say, I absolutely was terrified at the prospect of a Hillary Clinton administration because she has always been anti-Second Amendment. But more than that, she has always been about disarming the American people. And when I, the more I started to research Donald Trump, the more I realized, hey, This, this guy wants national concealed carry, national concealed carry, man. I I read that. and I said, I can't believe it. And then everything I read that he's talked about in all kinds of different places, not just pro gun places, but everywhere. I said, this guy's not backing down from this, no matter what, he's not backing down. So what do you think is the best thing the American people can do that are listening to you? Now we have about, I guess about 900,000 listeners uh, on the Wednesday show. Um, what, what can our audience do? What are some things that they can do to shore up their, their Second Amendment? Whether they
0: carry a gun or not, by the way. And, and that's a great question. And I always give this advice right now because I know it works. I've, I've seen what happens at worked during uh, the Sandy Hook era. 900,000 phone calls to your Congressman. 900,000 phone calls to your senators, 900,000 phone calls to your local representatives, and let them know that your gun rights and your Second Amendment rights are important to you and that you're going to be watching and things need to be done, and there's going to be pro-gun legislation uh, presented on a number of different fronts, whether it's national reciprocity or whether whether it's bringing the 100,000 or so or maybe million M1s home from South Korea. That Obama stopped. Whatever it is, when it deals with our firearms rights, our right to keep our arms, and our God-given right to protect ourselves, make the phone calls because folks they listen, they shake and they shudder when they get phone calls, and they and they do listen. Um, there's nothing that has a bigger impact. I found is when uh, uh, when phone calls are made and the local representatives, your congressmen, your federal, you know, United States senators are contacted, and Never sit on the couch and think you can't do anything. That that was my battle cry during the election. It was confusing. We started out with 17 people. I kind of cheated because early on, I was at the first debate in Cleveland, Ohio. I decided that whoever was running against Hillary Clinton was my man or woman, and I, I knew it had to be that way because the line was so distinct. And you're right. Never before has anybody in politics in, in my era advocating for the disarmament of the American people the way Hillary Clinton did folks it just wasn't slowing down a sale it just wasn't banning assault rifles it was taking them away that kept me awake at night just because you think about the freedoms that everybody before us died for and are still dying for and are still fighting for and and it, it was it was such a defining and, and distinctive line for me i i had a hard time dealing with people that two weeks before the election are telling me they don't know who they're going to vote for.
2: Uh, ah, that killed me, Sean. That killed me. I I couldn't take it. I thought to myself, how do you put shoes on in the morning? How do you decide what (laughs) pair of shoes to wear? How do you decide whether you're going to wear boxers or briefs? Uh, If you can't make that decision, such a clear and and stark decision, my lands, you've got to decide. You've got to get off the fence.
0: You know, and I don't know. Maybe there was just too much dirt coming out on Hillary Clinton, but just shake 90 percent of it out. And the 10 percent that remained was was enough to uh, to certainly not to vote for, let alone let alone not throw her in jail. And you know what? I I like Ted Cruz, too. I still I still like the gentleman, you know, and and I hear his name floated around for Supreme Court justice. That's not such a bad Mm -hmm. thing. No, it's not. You know, what's interesting now, too is the way Donald Trump is reaching out to the people that really campaigned against him and said some pretty terrible things. But you know what? When you're a businessman, you're a successful entrepreneur, it doesn't matter. You keep your enemies closer if that's what it takes, but you also understand that we have a lot of talented individuals. There can only be one president, and to load up the administration with people that maybe didn't see eye-to-eye with Donald Trump but certainly are conservatives, that's important to all of us. We We need good government. And that's our job and our duty, and I, I'm proud to be an American, and I'm proud for the record number of voters that came out. And, and who knew what was going to happen? I, I was confident, for whatever reason, that Donald Trump was going to win. But the first president I had the opportunity to vote for was Ronald Reagan in 1980. And I can remember then, as a high school senior, everybody telling me, the media telling me, mainstream media, that you know Jimmy Carter was up by double digits. I grew up in farm country in Pennsylvania. We were miserable, Uh, those are the days of the farm strike and the tractors driving in Washington DC and everything else And and I was I never felt worse to be an American in my life The Soviets were kicking our butter on the world the Iranian Haas's deal and everything that was going on But I knew that wait a minute there has to be somebody the majority of people are thinking like you and I and that's Mm -hmm. what happened and my question is who in the world is going to pay any of these Uh, polling companies to do anything in the future Uh, and Mm -hmm. I, I Had a couple conversations and I said, you know what we don't have to earn our civil rights We don't we don't have to we're not granted our civil rights because we deserve them But the First Amendment and the protection of the press was put in place for a very particular purpose to make sure that they were free to say everything that we needed to hear objectively they don't do that and I I don't know what the word would be, but, God, do they deserve First Amendment protection anymore? Have they done Mm -hmm. anything to to be afforded that veil of liberty that they've been granted? Because all of a sudden they're working for a a political cause, and that's not what the media was all about. That's not what the press was all about, and certainly that's not what our founding fathers had in mind when they determined that the First Amendment should be the freedom of uh, of press and religion. And. Mm -hmm. and there's a number of lessons that we all need to learn because we were a few votes away from I don't know what I don't know what America would look like even in four years. And then I think there's been a uh, it was a revolution. I, you know I decided that it was going to be a miracle if he won. Everything's against him. His own party's against him. He couldn't go anywhere. And if you're and if the majority of people were going to vote for him, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. But. Well, that butt really didn't bring your neighbor out to the vote. So I knew I knew if it happened, it was it was going to be a miracle that time. But if you look at, I started thinking, you know what? What is our Republican Party? What is it even all about? I've been a Republican my entire life. Uh, I can remember when the when firearms was not a partisan issue, and I don't know what's happened in my lifetime where it became a partisan issue. But I started looking at our that whoever the supposed, supposed leaders of the republican party are when they weren't supporting donald trump and they weren't doing everything they possibly could do my governor Kasich not doing anything the ohio republican party not spending a penny on donald trump it was the nra mm-hmm. who who did all the campaign in ohio for donald trump but you know you know what doctor you know what they were doing they were willing to sacrifice four years of our lives sacrifice our liberties Sacrifice our ability to, to be Americans for their purpose and their cause, whatever that was, and we may never know why. But that was something that was very disheartening as an American uh, and surrounded by police officers where I live and, and people in the military. It was hard to, to imagine what they were going through. But when you have a Republican Party and an establishment deciding, you know what, we'll throw four years away whatever Hillary Clinton's going to bring us. We're going to sacrifice that just to make sure that you know our political means and gains are, are kept intact
2: yeah i agree with that i agree 100 percent well <clears throat> how can how can i know the the making the calls and writing letters i'm, I'm a um, but by the way uh, somebody mentioned this in chat one of my buddies craig in chat mentioned this um and and this is something that i mentioned uh, i spoke yesterday on a radio show as a guest and also on sunday but you know a president-elect Trump uh, has now attended. He's not even president yet, and he has now attended more church services that weren't actual. Um, they weren't actual political events. They were uh, he just him going to church. He's attended more church services than Barack Obama has in eight years already.
0: You know, and, and that's got to give all of us a, a good feeling. The, the, the foundation of this country was based on religion, was based on, right. on, on God. If, if, and, and for us to turn our back, uh, of course, there, there's going to be a certain feeling of abandonment. And all of a sudden, when we have legislative God out of our country, when I don't know what's going on with political correctness, I've decided I took an oath that I was refusing to be politically correct. I'm going to mm-hmm. proclaim my God wherever I'm at. I'm, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm proud of that and I'm I'm never going to stop talking about that. And for for all of a sudden for me to be criticized because you know, I want to proclaim, you know, know my my religious freedom and and talk mm-hmm. about my God in a in a public place, that has to maybe because of this is happening is why we're having these protests. Maybe is mm-hmm. why Hampton College, I think it's Hampton, is Ban the American flag.
2: Hampshire, Burned Hampshire it. University, actually.
0: Hampshire, Hampshire yeah. University. Ban, can, I, can, I, can't, I can't wrap my arms around that.
2: So here's what happened with that. I'm glad you brought that up. It's a liberal arts college in Western Massachusetts. And what they've done uh, is they said, hey, you know what? We're gonna ban the American flag. We're gonna take it down uh, all over the campus and we're gonna okay. leave the flagpole bare until next semester. And what they're hoping for, they say, is that it will free up students to have a direct, open, and respectful conversation. Now, the, the flag is at the center of this Hampshire College, which is super expensive, by the way. It's almost $70,000 a year for an undergraduate degree. Um, th- what's happened is, is after the election, literally, I kid you not, they lowered the American flag um, to half-mast the, the morning after the election. So they, they and then, you know, the students are screaming for its removal. Oh, you know, this is not my America. Well, before dawn, on actual Veterans Day, uh, you know, they lowered, the college lowered all the flags to half-mast, and then the flags were burned. This main flag, this main flagpole, they set it on fire. These students set it on fire on Veterans Day. But the college board uh, that that oversees this this super liberal school, um, they announced the flag would be flown at half-staff, until further, you know, until they decided what to do. Well, this was made, and this is, I'm quoting this, to acknowledge the grief and pain experienced by so many and to enable the full complexity of voices and experiences to be heard. But lowering it offended many, especially veterans and military families who saw it as disrespectful. Well, of course it was disrespectful because you lower your flag to half mass, not for, oh, the guy you didn't want to win won, You don't lower it for that. And it's disgusting to me that they would even do this. And and quite frankly, I believe in the power of the purse, I believe that we should absolutely take every resource that we have and cause this college to go out of business. Cause them to go out of business. They have to make money too. Their their professors make huge money. uh, I looked up their uh, president, what he makes, and he makes high six figures. And We same thing. Congress and the Senate is what we need to do with this college. We need to flood them. The reason why the left does what they do is because they're not afraid of us. They we're so nice. We're so politically correct. We do all these things uh, peacefully and quietly and with pursed lips and our hands folded and wringing our hands. Oh, well, you know, uh, know, we're going to keep praying and fighting. But we're supposed to get in there and get after it and acknowledging the grief and pain experienced by so many you've got to be kidding me hashtag safe space sissies need to go home to mommy and and uh and, and breastfeed a little longer because clearly they're not ready to leave the nest so now now oh yeah so now last friday they made the decision let's remove let's let's make this And and this is what they're saying. The school said in a a statement, this is not a campus-wide ban, as some media have mistakenly reported. Campus members are free to individually display their own flags. This only pertains to our flagpole. Here's the problem. Nobody is willing to put an American flag in public notice in their hand or by their property because it's going to be burned or they're going to be hurt because that's what the left does. Sean, that's what the left does. They say that we're not tolerant. The only reason they say that is because they know we're such tolerant people. We hear that and we think, well, let's think about that. Let's pray about that. Let's let's just make sure we're not, because we don't want to crush anybody else's feelings or whatever. I I hear people in churches actually saying, listen, we need to be sensitive to Hillary Clinton and the loss and the pain uh, that she that she feels because she's worked very hard for this in public service her whole life and gosh she's very 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 evil she's not some evil she's very evil and 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 she's not look she's disappointed because she's not the first woman she's disappointed because of the power and influence she knew she was going to have she's not disappointed because she's missed out on a great opportunity to serve the country, to serve good people, to serve everybody. She's flat out evil. And she's disappointed because she's a crazy person who had no business being anywhere near the presidency uh, of the United States of America. And so I I see people, you know, these colleges do this, the University of Delaware, by the way, this is my home state of Delaware. They're, they're trying the administration, the home, my home state, they're trying to take down all the flags, all the American flags temporarily, just because we know that there's some people with some very hurt feelings. They're very upset. They're very, uh, they've got a lot of grief. They've got a lot of pain. And you know what? We need to respect that. Well, this is the same bunch of fools that let Black Lives Matter punks, an LGBT group, uh, you know, band together with the Black Lives Matter people. And say that th- there were nooses. Somebody hung nooses up on the on the green. Well, in fact, they weren't nooses. They were the framework for Japanese lanterns that were used a couple nights before. That the group said, "Hey, we tried to take them down, but they wouldn't come down." They were only four inches long. They were, you know, and oh my gosh, we're so hurt over this. And and the administration had these big meetings with uh, for these butt hurt punk safe space sissy hashtag safe space sissies that they they had meetings and press conferences, and they handed the microphone to these goofy, goofy people, college students, hand them the microphone and say, here, you say what you need to say, and we're going to stand, and we're going to clap, and we're going to say, you're great. We're great. We just want to foster a great discussion. We know that slavery, and we understand how this could scare you, and whether it was real or it was not, whether it was intended or not, it doesn't matter. It's what you feel same college doing the same thing it's, it's just absolutely disgusting and you know what i'll tell you what sean it's you you're around a lot of freedom discussions by nature of what you do by the way you know you guys if you don't know this is a freedom fighter we have on the line sean Maloney's a freedom fighter the uh, and i'll tell you why it's so important with what you do this is why i have such respect for what you do and how you do it first of all you do it all with class and you do it above the fray but people like elizabeth warren come out and say the NRA will be defeated. This is what she says. She made headlines this week. She proclaimed that he, she and her fellow Democrats in the Senate will defeat the NRA. She says that we have all the time in the world to make it happen, and we're going to make it happen. And But you're in the fight with them having to deal with these whack jobs, and somehow or another, somehow or another, people shove a microphone in their face, and they'll listen to them. We've got an anti-gun, anti-Second Amendment attorney general in Loretta Lynch. I don't know how you do it. I'm going to be honest with you, Sean. I don't know how you do it because I just want to throat punch them. I just want to throw punch. I, I can't stand to hear all this. All these goofy people saying goofy bunch of lies, and and we're supposed to, we're supposed to for for some reason or another we're supposed to listen to these people. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I. I forgot to call her by her uh, uh, Native American name, Elizabeth Warren. Oh, wait, that is her name because she's not a Native American. What do you think, man? I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you don't get an ulcer.
0: Well, uh, I've thought for a very long time that the reason why we have these these uh, safe space people on our campuses and the people that can't that can't handle the reality of everyday life Somewhere along the line, somebody didn't throat punch them. That we're probably supposed to, to, to use your example. Someone should have punched them in the forehead. Someone should have taught them a lesson. Someone said, you know what, you don't act that way. And they didn't, and so th- this is what we end up with. And I uh, had a friend of mine I went to high school with. I hadn't seen her in 20 years, and she knew I was involved. And she sent me a book. And when I saw the book, I didn't even want to touch it. It was Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals.
1: Mm-hmm. And she
0: said, read it. I read it, and they have been running that Soloniski playbook on us for 20 years. That is why they ha- yeah, because we are too politically correct. We as Republicans are too sensitive, and for whatever reason, we don't support each other. When Donald Trump was being attacked, it was the same thing they did to Romney four years earlier, and we buckled. Well, you know, thank God that, that Donald Trump wasn't weak enough, but rules for radicals, and I encourage everybody to get it. I hate to make Soloniski any money. But God, what a read it is, and then you understand you? You, know can get it you can get it for well, free.
2: You can get it for free. You can download it for free as long as you don't mind ebooks. Yeah, yeah, you can get That's the whole thing mean. for free. It's very short.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's very short, and and, and it, it is their playbook. They don't any. There is no loss or no tragedy in their lives that they're not going to try to make hay out of. Think about what happened after George Zimmerman. You know, it was a it was a victory for gun owners. No matter what you think of it, you know, it's certainly the 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 ruling was. 10 seconds later, they're talking about we have to end Stand Your Ground. It has to go away. Ohio doesn't have Stand Your Ground because of that. We were pushing that piece of legislation through a Buckeye Firearms, and it was going to sail through sm- smoothly. And then all of a sudden, the evils of Stand Your Ground, which didn't even apply to the Zimmerman case. But the the radicals and the progressives started screaming. And everybody, you have a Republican House and Senate, veto proof it's a super majority and they won't touch it and in, in in it's the same example that you used earlier we'll think about it and oh my gosh we have to be sensitive and we don't need to be stirring the pot uh I
2: elizabeth warren I,
1: I'm,
2: I'm interested ahead, to ahead. tell you uh, this and i want to see i want to see what you think of this because I, I know we don't have you forever because you have another appearance um The NRA can be defeated and the NRA will be defeated, the Massachusetts Democrat said during, this is according to Breitbart, uh, during a conference call organized by the White House senior advisor, Valerie Jarrett. Great, we love that Iranian. The president has shown that change is possible, but it is our job in Congress to show that there are many of us who are willing to fight and that's how you get sensible gun reforms. We will get it. Jarrett teamed up with liberal champion Warren and other Democrat members of Congress to promote President Obama's executive actions on gun control. So we know that he's planning this. During the call, Warren argued that Congress has had all the time in the world to have to help implement gun control, but even Democrats did nothing during their time in the majority. Well now of course they know they're the minority. They're desperate to pass these laws now. They know they're not going to get them passed, but what they know is is the gun phobic liberal ultra-left voter it hears that. They hear this anti-gun talk. They're like, yeah, they're they're our champions. They're our champions. You know, come on. What in the world? How do, how do we shut these people down? How do we shut them up? How do we shut them up? I mean, you know, there's got to be a way. You're a smart guy.
0: I, you know, I wish I had the answer for that. Um, you know, there's 5 million members of the NRA, and there's, a, there's an estimated 140 million households in America with firearms. If we would just get out and vote, there would n- never be a question about, you know, our rights, any of them. Uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but this is a good lesson for us to learn. The people like Elizabeth Warren they blame everything on the NRA. There was a screwy quote. I'm trying to think of it, and I, I hope it comes to mind that someone made about the NRA uh, earlier. Uh, oh, uh, the the NRA. It's like the NRA created the right to keep and bear arms. Is what it was. They they the NRA gave us the right to own guns. You know that, that came right. from the the, the left. And I couldn't believe that they don't they don't even know history. They don't even know the Constitution. They make these comments. And you're so right. They got beat. They're going to make as much noise as they possibly can to pander individually to their group. They're going to pander uh, to the anti-gun, liberal, progressive left because that they they can't do anything else. And so it'll just it'll be the it'll be the gnashing, the crying, and the gnashing of teeth for gun control. Uh, and unfortunately. Fortunately for us, what they don't realize is is it's just not the NRA. It's Jews for the preservation of firearms. It's the Second Amendment Foundation. It's mom and dad on the farm who have a gun in the corner because they hunt and they protect themselves. They're two hours away from the nearest police car that's going to decide to try to find them and they know they're on their own. And so they have a hill to climb but that's just a, a testament to us that we can't stop. And what do we do? We never stop the narrative. We talk to our friends. At lunch, at work, wherever we are, we have the conversation about our rights, about our gun rights. If you if you enjoy shooting, tell the world you enjoy shooting. Talk about your Second Amendment rights. Talk about how important it is that you have the ability to protect yourself at night. Talk about how, as an NRA instructor, I've had women break down and start crying on the range, thinking that they got you know hurt somehow. Are you all right? And they say that they're just so happy to overcome their fear of guns, and now I can leave the house at night. when you hear something like that, you realize how it's important. Well, don't keep it to yourselves. Tell everybody, talk and promote yourself. You have nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to be ashamed of at all.
2: So I know that through Second Call Defense, now, as I said, it, when you first came on, and obviously everybody knows this, I'm a big fan of Second Call Defense, and I'm uh, I'm an affiliate or recruiter, I don't know what you call it. but. Um, I'm wondering if you'd be willing to tell the folks a little bit about, because uh, I know you're very limited on time today. If, could you tell them just a little bit about Second Call Defense, uh, what some developments have been there? Because I know you're always improving the products. And, uh, and I know the NRA and Second Call are very, you know, very closely uh, intertwined. Uh, they have great support from them. So maybe you can just bring us up to speed on what's been
0: happening. I'll, I'll be happy to. Uh, there's a lot of things that are going to be going on with us in the NRA. Uh, uh, we're in negotiations with a lot of things. We're going to be involved a lot more uh, in what's going on because the NRA believes in what we're doing and certainly we believe what they are doing. If For those of you who don't really know what Call Defense is all about, it's a membership organization that provides immediate assistance, legal assistance for somebody that's been forced to use a firearm in self-defense. Now that's from everything from brandishing hey, I have a gun, to actually pulling the trigger. And the reason why I developed this, as a criminal defense attorney, more and more I was representing people that were involved in self-defense shootings. I was going door to door till 2 o'clock in the morning and getting bond money for people because I knew what they did they had a legal right to do. And one is 23 years old, and I knew a weekend in the county jail would change his life forever, and I said there has to be a better way. And in America... If While you're a defendant in a criminal proceeding, and if you use a firearm of self-defense, you're the defendant, you can't get uh, insurance proceeds. It's against the law for an insurance company to pay you benefits uh, for your criminal actions, and until you're acquitted, they're criminal actions. So even the NRA's endorsed self-defense insurance policy only paid you money after you were acquitted. Well, that was too late. You need the money immediately, and so what happens with second-call defense is if you're forced to use a firearm of self-defense, call 911 first. We, give you, we train you and we give you articles on how to handle the 911 call because there's a lot of things physically and mentally that you're going through at that point in time. And then simply call a second call defense where 24 hours a day an attorney is going to be on the phone to calm you down, do some tactical breathing if you need it, remind you that you're a good guy with a gun and the only reason why you use a firearm self-defense is if you're in fear of death or serious bodily injury or harm. And then if you're arrested, we provide immediate bond we give, you a, we give you a list of competent attorneys in the area where the shooting takes place. You know, people always call me and want to retain me. I'm in Cincinnati. I don't do anybody any good in Indiana, Kentucky, California, and Florida. Who am I going to call on vacation? So what that also provides you with is, is the best attorney around wherever the shooting takes place or, or wherever the brandishing takes place. And then you choose the attorney. Or we'll choose them for you if you're in jail and you can't at that point in time. And then we wire transfer or or credit card the money to the the retainer so the attorney can start working for you immediately. And we provide Mm -hmm. up to $100,000 of criminal defense work. The civil defense insurance that's provided, day one, dollar one is unlimited. And that's through the NRA. Whatever it takes to protect your assets is there. And then what we did is I added some stuff from focus groups and what would I want selfishly as an attorney. We have... uh, We have crime scene or or, or incident uh, cleanup, so if you have to use your firearm in your own home, I don't know if you've ever been on a crime scene uh, where a firearm's been used, but it's a mess, and you don't need to be cleaning Mm -hmm. that up and you want to make sure it's done properly. And something that the women came out in our focus groups was psychological counseling. Hey, I know it can be financially devastating, but I'm probably going to be a mess. And if anybody has ever talked to somebody that's ever used a firearm in self-defense, they, a lot of them have a lot of issues, and, and the gentleman and lady I spoke to tonight, or actually earlier in the day and again tonight, you can tell they're not over what happened last night. They were in the safety of their own home, and, and they, had to, they, had, they had to shoot another human being to protect themselves, and so probably that hasn't all set in. So what it does is second call defense provides you with immediate legal protection after you use a firearm of self-defense, psychological counseling, and it goes on and on and on in in what we offer you. Uh, We increase benefits for the the criminal defense work, not because anybody needed it, because if you have an attorney right when uh, the incident takes place, you're not going to have insane uh legal bills you're not going to be at george zimmerman george zimmerman didn't have an attorney until it was too late so you only needed fifty thousand dollars but so many people called me doctor and wanted a hundred thousand dollars that that we wrote the that i went to the underwriters and we got him a hundred thousand dollars so that was an increase we expanded the services that we do um, we we've expanded outside uh the united states to so the united states territories so if you're in the U.S. territory and you're involved in a hunting accident uh, or use, legal use of a firearm, uh, then we, we can also provide you with protection with that. Uh, our website is expanding Facebook, Twitter. We have, I have a staff of writers now. I have some, I've accumulated some of the greatest writers in the country, I think, from the Independence Institute in, in, uh, in Colorado, from Laura Carno. She started recruiting writers for us. And so we have two to four scholarly written articles every Tuesday and every Thursday that deal with using a firearm for self-defense. The aftermath of doing that, we truly make what we are an educational opportunity as well as all the services that are gonna be available to you immediately. So we wanted to make sure that everybody was first, well-educated, support each other, and give you all the opportunity we can to make sure that you can make the responsible decision after you use your firearm for self-defense.
2: Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, listen, folks, what you can do, I know Sean has to go, but what you can do is go to uh, drshawngreener.com or TheNinjaPastor.com. Go there, look at the bottom. The easiest way is to look at the bottom. There's a big banner there. You can't miss it. Click on that banner. That'll take you right to the second call site. Nobody's going to force you. Nobody's going to, uh, you know, what is it called? Spam you. None of that stuff's going to happen. It's very respectful, very professional. It's great information there that you can get for free. Uh, but then uh, if you decide this is something that you want to do, uh, I know myself personally, I'll never be without it. You click on that banner and then give them this number. I'm going to give you this number just in the event that uh, for whatever reason it doesn't populate. Because I know Jerry, I don't know, Sean, if you can do anything about this. Jerry's uh, Jerry's still not showing up under me. Um, the number is 20630. That's my affiliate number. And uh, for whatever reason, I, I don't know why it is, but Jerry from the beginning has never... Um, Okay. It's just it's uh, Doc, never I'm worked. Gonna, I don't know. Gonna
0: why. My, I'm going to give you my office direct line. I'm also going to give everybody listening my office direct line. It's five one three Call me and, and I'll get that taken care of for you. And then anybody listening to me, if you have any questions about second call defense, uh, please feel free to call me. I'm available for you. I believe in this. It's the right thing to do for all of us because what happens to you eventually is going to happen to me and what we can do for each other as law abiding citizens is more powerful than than anybody anybody can take it away. And so please feel free to give me a call and then you're not going to get spammed. and even if you don't, we have a newsletter out there. We have a 40-page book that you can download. We have so much information for you folks. Uh, www.secondcaldesense.org or just click on, uh, click on the tab on, on doctor's website, and it will take you directly there. And I want to let you know, if you use uh, Dr. Sean's I, number that he just gave you, your first month is free. I want to make sure that you can you can avail yourself of the benefits and the services of Second Call Defense for a month. Now you may never use your firearm or self-defense, but I want you to get into the members-only sections. I want you to have the ability to be a Second Call Defense member. And if and if you like it, then just then just then just keep going. Uh, we'll send you a check for the first month. It'll be 100% free at whatever level you decide to join on. We believe in it that much, and uh, and I appreciate the the opportunity to. To be on the show and I, I just want to tell you uh, of a text conversation that is funny to me. I'm not sure what Dr. Sean has to say about it. There's a gentleman by the name of Sean Heron who does a we like We like shooting show, and when I got the text, I thought I was calling in the we like shooting and if anybody <laughs> has ever listened to We like Shooting, it's a panel of about seven different people and it's very colorful in its language and uh and so i I called up I'm waiting and and i hadn't I hadn't listened to Sean in a while and I'm thinking wait a minute, there's, this is a religious program, there's somebody preaching. And so I texted him, <laughs> I called in, there's somebody preaching, he goes, that's me, and as soon as he said, that's me, I felt like an idiot, because I've listened to the show <laughs> and countless times, and I've been on the show, and I want to tell you folks, what a message that he delivered. What a message wow, he delivered thank for Thanksgiving. And, uh, and, it, and it's important, it does my heart good to know that there's 900,000 people that are listening to, to what's going on tonight, so Don't give up, talk, don't, don't, you know, read Rules for Radicals, it'll help you understand what's going on, and it's kind of amusing, but also, just speak your mind. You know what, it's not, it's not bad for us to express who we are, what we believe in. I was having a conversation, uh, talking about gays and lesbians, and I said, I don't agree in it, I don't believe in it, you know, I was raised not to believe that that's all right, You know, I'm not going to accept it because that's not who I am as a Christian. That's not who I am as an individual. I'm going to love them as Jesus Christ advised me to do, to love my brother as myself. But but I'm not going to endorse it. I'm not going to advocate. I'm not going to turn my head and say, you know what, I don't care. That's all right because it isn't. But, you know, it takes a certain amount of strength to do that. And I was criticized, ostracized by a certain group of people. I'm thinking, wait a minute, folks. When did my ability to speak my mind and who I am and what I believe in, when did that become a bad thing? And that's what's happening right. to society. And, and we have to stop it because when people realize we all, we all think alike and they, and, and you'll find that they'll want to attack us to try to shut us down and, 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 and quiet us, but we can't.
2: Amen. What is that phone number again? Your uh, 513 number?
0: Yeah. It's 513 463 Zero zero seven three, or my email right, is Sean at, Sean is S E A N at second dot org. Sean at second dot org, And it's S E A N. It's the other way to spell it.
2: Awesome. You tell me it's the exact right way to spell it. So I'll take that. Well, listen, thank you so well, much for being on the show. It's always a pleasure to have you. Uh, you are certainly, uh, Uh, fighting the good fight and in in a great way. And obviously, you know, I've been on the other side uh, of the shooting issue and, and I can tell you, I wish like anything, uh, that I had resources like him, because to tell you the truth, uh, they will put you through the ringer. Even if you're 100% correct, it is, it is, uh, it's a tough, tough thing. So, well, listen, I appreciate your time and, uh, you know i hope that you have a great thanksgiving i know is it your son uh your son or your nephew is a superstar football player out in ohio it, it,
0: it's it's my uh it's my youngest son he uh, he plays for uh, uh for moorhead state it's in kentucky it's a division one program suddenly one day i woke up and he was six five and he's playing at three 317 pounds and he's a better offensive lineman than i ever imagined that he would be and so and and it, it, it's so nice because um the priest you know, it's a public school, but the football coach asks the priest to travel with the team and be on the sidelines. And it's so nice uh, to see a priest and a minister uh, and religious people on the sidelines of a football game. And and I love the coach for that fact because, again, is that politically correct? No, but it, but it's being done. So, yeah, Liam's coming home, and it'll be interesting because uh, uh, I don't know if I have enough turkey.
2: Uh-oh. Well, let me tell you, I've seen film of him and that boy can hit. So if he can hit like he hits, I re- I realize he can eat. <laughs> yeah. So hey, well, listen, you have thing, a great Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: And one other thing I want to tell you that I did. And I did it after when I woke up the other day and found out that we had four more of our police officers shot, one executed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I decided that that I wanted to try to honor them and make sure people were aware of what was going on. And so part of what I did for my holiday season, You know, I decided that uh, there's going to be lights, but there's going to be one light. And I went out and I bought a 15-foot string of uh, of blue LED lights, uh, Mm -hmm. drove in some fence posts, and strung those up in my backyard, which used to be full of holiday, uh, typical holiday uh, fare. And now the only thing I have in my backyard is a thin blue line. Folks, Mm -hmm. these people protect us. That is why we can sleep safely at night. We can't forget them and, and can't forget what they're going through. And so it, if you have the time and can do that, and that's just something I'm doing. But we can, And even if it's just patting these guys and these ladies on the back, they deserve our support. And God bless everybody. Have a very happy Thanksgiving and, uh, and, and use this time with family and friends uh, for what it's meant to be. And thank you, Doctor.
2: Amen. Thank you, brother. Take care. So there you have it. Great guy, great, great patriot, great fighter uh, for the cause. And it's such a blessing to uh, to have people like that uh, working with us. And I'll tell you the truth. Uh, you know, I'm really hoping this is genuine. I'm, I'm being very sincere here. I'm really, really hoping that American people don't become complacent again. I'm really hoping that the American people uh, don't say, well, Trump won. We can just relax now. Uh, We're in good shape. No big deal. You know, why worry about it? Let's just look. It's been a tough time. Um, I'm struggling. I'm hurting. I'm frustrated. And uh, I need to take an election break. I just need to take an election break. I need to back off. The problem with that is, is that the left never takes a break. You heard you, you heard, uh, Sean Maloney just say that. The left never takes a break. They don't ever back down. They never quit fighting. Even when they're identified to be such total and utter liars, they don't stop. They double down every single time. That's what I'm trying to explain to you, and I, I really... Uh, I, I can't more firmly assert to you why we can't let down even though you want to now take a little couple day break take some deep breaths get yourself outside and enjoy some fresh air and uh you know or or, or just some peace of your family and then and then get back get back in it to win it don't back down don't quit just get back in it. Get back in it to win it, and and know that we've got to be in this fight for a long, long time. We got to fight smarter. You see, that's the problem. We don't fight smart. We don't. We don't fight smart. And I just don't know why we do that. Why don't Why don't we fight smarter? You know, I I'm a huge proponent of thinking things through. TTT. Think things through. And but you know, you can't be ready, aim, 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 aim. Right? At some point you got to fire. You gotta, you just gotta fire. Sometimes you gotta be sure of your aim. You gotta fire. And I talked about being a warrior on Sunday. Uh, not being a warrior, but a a warrior. A warrior. And and saying, hey, we got to be in it to win it we We can't be blown away. We can't be uh, we can't be falling apart. One of the things that's causing people to fall apart. let's talk about this. We don't have much more time left. Um, i want I want say, you know, I read a Facebook post. A smart person posted this um, And this is signed the non- deplorables and non-unredeemables. I don't agree with all this, but I, I think it's important because it's gonna get us to the point where I'm going to explain this thing. Dear President-elect Donald J. Trump, we elected you believing that you would drain the swamp. That's where you made your first mistake. Uh, Donald J. Trump is not going to drain the swamp. He's going to be in charge of draining the swamp, and we're his team, okay? And we're pressing our employees, Congress, all of Congress, and all elected officials. We're empowering them and helping to equip them to do that. We elected you believing that you would drain the swamp, first mistake, of the corruption inside the District of Criminals. Now that you will most likely occupy the Oval Office on January 20th, we still expect you to drain this swamp, disregarding threats, bribes, or deals with or from the despots that inhabit the swamp. We still expect you to run an administration that is fair and equal toward all American citizens under the federal laws of this nation. We still expect you to abide by your oath of office to uphold the Constitution of the United States and our individual freedom under the explicit protections enumerated in the Bill of Rights. Therefore, therefore, by the way, I want to say hello to Suzette. Thank you so much for listening today. What an honor to have you listen from California. It's our first time listening, and that's just uh, just awesome. I think you'll find our chat, a bunch of great people in there. A little like today in chat, we usually have a lot more people than that, but you know what? Um, uh, right before the holiday. So you never know. But um, it, is, it is a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell your friends. So therefore, regarding the crimes that have quite apparently been committed by Hillary Rodham Clinton, lock her up. And regarding our demand to be protected as equals under federal laws, we expect one of two things. Either repeal all federal laws and pardon all nonviolent American criminals who have been imprisoned under federal jurisdiction over the last three decades, or investigate and prosecute to the fullest extent of federal law all politicians and other corrupt and narcissistic elitists who have boldly and blatantly committed apparent felonies under federal jurisdiction and have gone unpunished by their criminal cronies inside the district you are on notice that we the people are equal to all royals all politicians all celebrities all athletes all military brass and all other so-called elitists in this country or elsewhere therefore we expect fair and equal treatment under the laws of this country we are not ordinary we are not commoners we are not average. We are the people. Now, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. But this is, this is, um, you know, by the way, I'm sending them a message that I just read this on the air. So if they get 900,000 responses. I, one time I read somebody's thing and I said their name on the air. I didn't ask them if it was okay. And uh, ho- holy moly. They said they got 1,100 comments that night. And they've never had. They had like 200 friends on their friend list. And so Fair warning um, you know, you may get an onslaught. Let's see here. Um, Victoria Higgs, Victoria Higgs. So thank you for posting that. Um, I will say this, uh, about that. I, I want to be clear on this, that quite frankly, a lot of people freaking out. They're like, oh man, he just chose uh, Betsy DeVos as a uh, She's pro Common Core. Well, she's made some she's made some favorable comments about pro- Common Core, but she's by no means a Common Core advocate. She is more than that. A uh, in addition to being uh, married to uh, the you know the DeVos family of Amway uh, and many other very successful ventures, they uh, she she is also uh, extremely focused on charter and private education at all levels. And so great choice. I think she's a phenomenal choice. No, it doesn't scare me that she's, you know, that she's had favorable things to say about uh, common core. I hate common core. I think it's evil. And I suspect that before too long, you're going to see that she's not as big of an advocate of it as, as people make out to be. And, and so I'm saying all this, all this to say, all that, to say this, don't freak out, relax a little bit, take some deep breaths, let the man work. He's hiring good people very good people. He's very thoughtful. He's very direct about what he does. Some people freaked out when he called Mitt Romney. I talked about this last week. Mitt Romney's a good man. He's a very good man. I don't like what he said, but you know what? The fact of the matter is, um, Mitt Romney is a sharp guy, and if he chooses to step out of private life and back into public service uh, through whatever role, we'll be lucky to have him. You know, He served very successfully for decades and not taken a penny of taxpayers' money. Isn't that that something? Never. You say, well, he's rich. Well, he's nowhere near as rich as Donald Trump. Donald Trump's not going to take any money either. You say, well, that's easy. They're a billionaire. Let me tell you something. $400 and some thousand dollars is $400 and some thousand dollars. And he didn't get to be a billionaire by not picking up $400,000 on the sidewalk. You know what I mean? So what I'm saying to you there is is give, give it a little bit of break. Take a little bit of a breather. Don't panic. Don't freak out. Don't freak out now. There's no need uh, to, to freak out. And he, he chooses the people he chooses, and he can change his mind. He's very decisive. Jerry is very, it's funny, Jerry and I think so much alike. Uh, he's decisive about what works and what doesn't work. He makes decisions. Uh, Nikki Haley, you know, I've met Nikki Haley. I think she's an impressive human being. She's a very smart lady. She's not only a, a female, but she's also um, a minority. Most of you don't know she's she is um, Indian, not Native American Indian, but Indian, and and a lot of people freak out when I say that, but that's what she's called. She's called Indian. So uh, you know some some really good people, and and if he hires General Mattis, look out. If he puts General Mattis on the Department of uh, Department of Defense, I'm going to tell you right now, there's a whole lot of uh, radical Islamists, jihadists, that are going to be crawling under a rock, and and that, my friends, is is what we need. And but he won't allow them. He'll blow up the rock and whatever's underneath it. I'm a fan of that. You say, you know, look, this enemy that we're facing, they don't care about you. They don't care. It it doesn't matter to them. They're not they're not worried about your feelings. These safe space sissies they are the first ones to die. They're the first ones to die. They're they're going to be the first ones to die because they're soft. They're soft. They're weak. They're soft. They're whinies. They're safe-faced sissies. That's what they do. That's what they do. Look, look, uh, we need somebody like Donald Trump. We need somebody like Mike Pence. Donald Trump doesn't care about furthering a political career. He doesn't really care about his business. Do you know that it's going to cost him several hundred million? Let me say that again. Several hundred million dollars in order to be the president of the United States. Every year, that's what it's going to cost him. You say, well, we'll find a way around it. You know, he can't take certain money from certain businesses. He can't take it. He can't even take it as income. So he has to create a blind trust and he has to, look, he makes 40 to $50 million a month, my friends. 40 to 50, that's a lot of dough. And I'm here to tell you. I have to hand it to him. I have to say I couldn't walk away from 40 to $50 million a month. That's his personal income, folks. Do you realize I mentioned this on Sunday? Uh, in Sunday's message. It's posted on drshawngreener.com under listen, theninjapastor.com under listen, or if you go to my recent tweets, I've tweeted the the short link there, so do whatever. If you go to the website, my website, uh, theninjapastor.com or drshaungreener, you just go there after a few minutes or a few, like 30 seconds, a little panel will pop up. You put your name and you can make up a name. I don't care and put your email address in there. Make sure the email address is good. You're going to get a thing that says, hey, you sure you want to sign up for this? We're not going to spam you. I don't even know how to spam people, but you'll be on the list. You'll know where I'm speaking in the country. And uh, you'll also, it's kind of a direct line of contact with me. It's kind of a cool thing. We have some great conversations there. So the point of the matter is, is you can also uh, bookmark that and, you know, whenever I'm speaking or whatever on the radio, you're going to know it. But I said this, I said this on Sunday. I said, look, you know, this is a guy who's taking a massive step down to live in the White House. Now, I, I took a lot of heat for that. I, I get about uh, 26, I think it, uh, we're up to 26 or 29,000. Let me look here. I just, I won't give you the right number. Uh, we have currently at the moment 27,400 and, what's that number? 67 unread emails this week. So, you know, it's one of those things that, um, unfortunately, uh, I I just can't get to all of them. I I wish I could. I really wish I could. And, you know, it's just frustrating as all get out. It really, really is frustrating. Um, Now, a lot of them are hate mail. And a lot of the hate mail that... uh, (laughs) A lot of the hate mail I get is about what I said. Um, and I said, you know, he's taking a step down to live in the White House. And they said, oh, well, you know, if he's ashamed to live in the White House, then, well, no, he's not ashamed to live in Oh, his wife Melania, she thinks she's better. She thinks she's so much better than everybody. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, come on. That's not what the comment, that's not what the statement said. It's, it's you know, structurally and, and uh, amenity-wise, The man lives much better than any president. No president's ever lived as well as he lives. Come on. He lives very, very well. God bless him. He makes his money. I don't care. I I like that he lives as well as he does. You know, I've never been one of those ones to look at folks. You know, people like this. They look at somebody rich and they say, well, I guess they got that on the back. They got that on the back of working people. Listen, I've, I've protected a whole lot of hundred millionaires and billionaires. And I can tell you this. They didn't get their money on the backs of other people. They they provided college educations for a whole lot of people. They put a whole lot of people in houses when they wouldn't have had one otherwise. They sent a lot of people to college. They've, they've, they've been important to a lot of people. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. What we need to remember is this, number one, well, let me say this about that because I'm running out of time, I didn't realize, good lands, oh, got a little bit of time left, sorry about that, um, I just have so much fun with y'all, you just don't even know, um, people are throwing around this term, neocon, he keeps hiring neocons, neocons, stop with all the neocon talk, come on, you know, it, the all the labels that people wanna throw around, first of all, they're very inaccurate, and in many cases they're, they're parroted words to the left. But the fact of the matter is uh, you know, there's a lot of good people that have been hired, a lot of good a lot of good people. And my point in reading that post was a sharp uh, really, really sharp post and, and, and I like that, but people are freaking out now because he said, through Kelly and Conway, who Kelly, Philly Girl, mother of four, very successful business lady herself, one of the sharpest people on the planet. Kellyanne uh, said that, you know, it's not going to be a priority for him to prosecute her, to lead a prosecution. Well, that's not what the president does. He's got a lot of stuff to do. And certainly right now, that's the last thing in the world he should be talking about. So she set up because people keep asking from the press and keep asking to try to stir some stuff up. And she said, no, that's not a, that's not a high priority for him right now. But you know what? He's not the guy that does it. The special prosecutor gets appointed. And they say, okay, go investigate it. Guess guess who else is gonna get investigated? The first family, the current occupant of the White House. Oh, I can hear it now. Donald Trump has, has evicted a black family from their home. His first order of business is evict a black family from their home. Well, he didn't evict them from their home. He evicted them from our home. And it's about time they left. My friends, what I'm saying to you now is enjoy Thanksgiving tomorrow. Enjoy Thanksgiving tomorrow. Don't let yourself get all spun out. If you've got family that's, you know, maybe they believe differently. I have family. Uh, listen, Judicial Watch, you're you're absolutely right. Judicial Watch is not going away. Uh, support them where you can. By the way, we have a donate button on our website, uh, the theninjapastor.com um, or drshawngrinner.com, the same website, but whatever one you want to type in we have a uh, donate button there if you're so moved to do that and believe in what we do and you you have the means to do it. We'd love to have you whatever small amount doesn't matter to us. We're just honored to have it because that's how we do it. That's how we do it. We use our own money first and then anything that comes in reimburses us. But uh, so far we're not even even so, you know, it is, it is what it is. But, but those six things that I said, a good life with the six essentials, they're not money. Um, the ultimate expression of life is not a paycheck it's not a mercedes it's not a million dollars or a bank account or a home it's 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 it the what the, the ultimate expression of good life is living a good life so you've got to ask yourself if you have some quiet time maybe maybe uh maybe you don't have a bunch of people in your house over thanksgiving maybe thanksgiving evening is going to be a real quiet evening at your home and and you're going to be lonely think of the people that do love you remind yourself who loves you dearly remind yourself of the people that They don't stop loving you if they're not in front of you. They think about you all the time. Remember that. If you don't have very many good friends or you don't have somebody that loves you like that, take a look at your life. Take a look at your life. There's a reason for things. I'm going to say this, productivity, be productive. Nobody wants to be friends with somebody that's not productive. Nobody wants to be friends with a lazy person. Good friends, man, friendship, value your friends. I consider all of you that that listen uh, to, be, to be friends of mine. Now I have some seriously close friends, many of whom who listen to this, but I have a, a kind of a, a group of close friends that I'll tell you what, I'm so honored to be their friends. I think of it every day. I say to myself and friends and family every day, man, how do I get so lucky? How do I get so lucky to have friends like this? That's what I'm thankful for. So if you're alone on Thanksgiving night, look at ways that you can build friendships, go to good places. Don't find yourself in bars. Don't find, man, there's nothing good that's going to come from that. Don't, sharing alcohol is not going to get it done. Go someplace healthy. If you've got a few pounds you need to lose, join a club. There's plenty of clubs that 20 bucks a month. My goodness. Join a health club. Take a class. Start walking. Start walking. You got to invest in friendships. Meet some people there that you like. Take the step to reach out to them. Invest in them. You got to get rid of some of the friends that are on your friend list that aren't good people. They're dragging you down. They're always hurting you. They're always giving you pain. You got to stop that. You got to stop that. You got to cut that out. here is you got to have real friends you have real friends remember your culture remember where you live how you live the tapestry of your life don't forget that don't forget that that's all good stuff don't forget your faith folks spirituality faith real faith mine is in the living god it's it's a foundation that it's the foundation of your family your faith builds your family and that builds the nation but don't forget to study. Don't, don't forget to practice. Don't forget to teach. You say, well, I'm not a teacher. One of the best Bible teachers I ever had. only went to the fourth grade. She was a poor, poor black lady. But she knew the word. What an amazing teacher. And, and you know what? I'm going to say this. A lot of people are afraid to share their faith. I said this before. I'll say it again. If your faith is authentic and worth practicing, it is surely worth sharing. And if you tell me, hey, man, my faith is a very private, confidential matter, I don't discuss it with anybody, then I'm going to let you in on something. You don't have a faith, you have a secret. Don't be afraid. Don't miss anything, live life. You say, I don't have much money. Get outside, walk around, look at stuff, smell the smells of autumn, realize uh, everything that's around you. Most of my photography I do uh, is not out in the wilderness, it's it's trees and bushes and birds right around where I live. Get to know your neighbors. Get to know the ones that you can trust. Get to know the ones you can't trust. Be real with people. Don't tell everybody all your business. Don't tell everybody all your business. Just just be smart. Live a vital life. Live well. Live well. See everything you can see. And then your family and your inner circle. Man. Man. Doesn't get any more important than that be a lucky, lucky person who has people in their lives that love people worth loving. The tofu just might taste a whole lot better if you do those things. Make your own list. Don't rely on me. Make your own list. Not everybody's the same. Everybody's different. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this show. The Collision of Faith and Politics with a Ninja Pastor. Please share it. If you heard about this on uh, social media, please share the links. Tell people about it. Maybe put a comment on there. That will be great. That's what makes us able to expand. God bless.
1: Join us next time for The Collision of Faith and Politics. And please follow this show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the Ninja Pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at the Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio and at www.drSeanGreener.com. In the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining in this fight.